you're looking through online profiles and you think you've found the perfect daddy to give you the spanking you deserve, he's got the stern look, the penetrating eyes, and a confident posture that makes you want to submit. He's even wearing a suit in one of his pictures. So you reach out to him and tell him you're interested in possibly meeting up for a session. Good news is he's interested in you too. He compliments your looks, your hair, your eyes, your confident posture, and he likes your assertive attitude. Except he likes it so much that he actually wrote back because he wants you to put him over your knee and spank him. So what do you do? Welcome to episode 48 of the Dude Spake of Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast trying to mine 10 hours of content about a random unsolved murder, nor is it a podcast about the superstition surrounding the Bermuda Triangle. This is a podcast about dudes who spake dudes and dudes who are spanked by other dudes. And this episode of the podcast is hosted by two dudes. Hi, this is Steve. Hey, Steve. And this is Scott, also known as Red Spank Scott. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Steve. How are you doing? Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. I'm, I'm doing great. Hope you are, too. Yes, we actually just uh, saw each other a little while ago about Hot Seat Retreat. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, but before that, you were last on episode 46 talking about the book you were working on. So how is that going? That is uh, going uh, really well and appreciate you asking about that. We are my co-author and I are hoping to be able to release it uh, this October of 2023. And uh, so far, we have gotten just amazing feedback from people in the community, whether through uh, completing the survey that we had posted or being gracious with their time and giving us interviews. It's just been a really uh, fantastic process and look forward to having some great stories and pictures and content to share in a few months. Awesome. 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 Um, and you actually came out to L.A. Uh, a few months ago to do an interview and you had a private spanking party, which was awesome. Um, and I attended it and then I got COVID. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, sorry to hear that part of it. But uh, other than that, it was a great time. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get I didn't get I didn't get COVID at the party because uh, the symptoms started coming in like the very next evening. So it was just kind of immediate. It was just weird coincidence. Fortunately, it doesn't seem as though I gave COVID to anybody else there. So that was no. a relief. Um, uh, and then we had a hot seat retreat in March. Uh, I had somewhere around 170 guys. Uh, it went fairly well. There were... <laughs> Poor, uh, we have to uh, just talk a little bit about poor Jaden, just because I want to make sure I fill people in who are attended. So Jaden, uh, for people who listen regularly, the uh, the hot seat retreat at Palm Springs is organized by three of us, uh, myself, uh, Douglas, and Jaden. Jaden does all the tech stuff. He does all the room registration, uh, all the online stuff, the newsletters, anything that involves computers he's involved with. Um, so all of his work is done before hot seat retreat. And then normally he gets to go to hot seat retreats and have a good time doing spanking fun. And I'm the one who's doing all the work with organizing, you know, making sure the event goes smoothly while I'm there and he gets to relax and have fun. So that was the plan. Unfortunately, Jaden got there uh, the first evening 
um, he started feeling sick, and so he took a home test um, and tested positive for COVID. So he uh, shut himself up in his room and left the next day. We arranged to he didn't he hadn't driven down, so we had to arrange to get him a car to get back home. Um, which was awkward because there was a big tennis tournament and it was really, it's normally hard to get car rentals these days. It was super hard, but, uh, Doug, uh, used his connections to make it happen. Um, he was okay. It was a relatively minor, uh, it played out rel- uh, relatively minor for him. Uh, but of course we couldn't have him around everyone else. So he went back home. Um, so far I only heard of one person getting infected post event. Uh, he sent us an email when he got home. I haven't heard of any others. So fortunately, um, uh, get vaccinated, uh, get boosters. Uh, yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, I, as for me, um, I had a lot of fun play being a switch, which is the theme for this episode. So I gave out some spankings and I received some fun, really fun spankings. I got double team bullied uh, by a couple of tops that I hadn't played with before. And it was super hot. Um, And actually, I think I got I think most of my spankings, well, except for one, I got several spankings from guys I hadn't been spanked by before. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, You. So we had something there. uh, You, uh, Steve, and another friend of ours organized something called the principal's office. So that was a huge success. Tell us about it and how it went. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. And uh, we were really uh, uh, excited by the number of people who turned out. And it was just a really good time. Uh, what we went into the principal's office event wanting to do was to give folks who wanted the chance an opportunity to recreate uh, an authentic school-style principal's office paddling. So wood paddle, uh, bent over a desk or a chair. And we even gave out pink slip forms so folks could fill out an infraction and what they were getting punished for. And some of those were just incredibly creative. And a lot of fun to play with. And, you know, we had, uh, by our count, about 50 people who came through, uh, which is uh, a, a lot of the folks who were in attendance. And, you know, it was really fun because we were doing it in one of the rooms and there was a crowd of people outside watching and waiting their turn. And I think everyone had a great time. And it was a lot of fun for us as well to organize that. Yeah, it was. I'm so glad that that had the turnout. It's one of those things that I worry about, whether so. I keep hitting this this discussion on episodes of the podcast about how we have this new crop of younger guys who are coming into this banking scene. And mm-hmm. since corporal punishment, you know, is a very much in, in schools is very much an old fashioned kind of thing in the past. I do kind of wonder whether or not that is a fantasy for people who are coming into this banking scene. But sure enough, there are a lot of there were guys of all ages there. Um <laughs> One of the things I thought was was really hot um, was that guys went back to the rooms and dressed up uh, for it as a student. Yeah, we, we had a variety of different kinds of uh, uh, school themed outfits, which was uh, which really just uh, made it, I think, more realistic for them and uh, made it fun for us and. So, yeah, folks were really getting into it. It, it wasn't just, uh, oh, I'll stop and, and do this for a few seconds. It, it, it kind of really became an event uh, within the event. So uh, that, that was great. 
Yeah, and there was also um, – were you also involved? There was another um, – an age play event uh, for for boys to be a little bit younger. Um, they, they came together yeah. and, and played with the oversight of some of their daddies. Were, were you one of the daddies? Uh, yeah, in, in, in that particular event, I, uh, I, I played a daddy, and uh, I was not – the organizer of that event, uh, but the folks who put it together again did a really nice job. They had uh, all kinds of activities that were set up and uh, things to do and, and 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 snacks and treats. And so uh, it was again kind of an event within the event, and it, it lasted for a couple of hours. And a lot of folks came by and had a good time. So uh, both of those events, I think, were were great because they gave people the opportunity to explore something that perhaps explore something that's important to them as part of their headspace or explore something new. Yeah. And uh, in either case, um, it was just great to see the the variety of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting to how both of those did well. Some of the other stuff at the events didn't go so well, including one that I organized. So I organized the, the restaurant at hot seat retreat has a, has bingo on the regular, you know, a fun bingo. And so we had some paddles to give away as prizes. So I thought, uh, people were looking for other – some of the feedback we got was that people wanted some other organized you know, games or activities or things like that. And so I, I tried to organize a bingo game, and nobody nobody showed. So oh, – and, Yeah. And uh, some of the other the, – some of the attendees also tried to organize some games that also didn't show. And I think um, going back and looking at it, because I thought the games would do okay because there was a lot of on, – on, uh, a lot of online activity, but I think people underestimate. We had a really nice weather for that weekend. It was like stuck, fortunately, because it rained all the way up to the event and after the event. We've had a very, very rainy spring in Southern California and very cold for, well, cold for Southern California, by which I mean 50s. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same as minus 20 um, in, in Los Angeles. So, um, <laughs> So those games, though, didn't work, but those role-playing activities did super well. So the lesson that I got was, like, people didn't want to be – necessarily want to sit around and play games when the weather is nice and they could be doing – and could be doing this stuff. So after that event – so there were a lot of guys, again, uh, this growing bully scene. There were a lot of guys who were there into wedgies and bullying and that sort of thing, some of whom I played with, some of whom played with each other. There's a lot of stuff going on. So after that event, I started thinking about that. Or actually, on the last day, I started brainstorming because I'm already I'm always thinking about this stuff because this is the stuff that I pay attention to. That's my job at the event. I'm looking at these activities and see what's succeeding, seeing what's failing, making sure that people are having fun. If people aren't having fun, trying to find out why. Um and so I started brainstorming and thinking about the idea of some sort of event like this that could appeal to people who are into bully play, which is kind of a little bit of a challenge because, like, if you – part of bully play is that it needs to feel – it has a sort of level of spontaneity to it. Like, if you if you have a fantasy of being bullied, um, setting up, like, a schedule, like, for between one to two, you're going to be bullied. It doesn't kind of hit the headspace, right? <laughs> So I'm kind of – but on the other hand, I have to kind of set up a framework for it where everything that happens is consensual, even though 
you want it to feel non-consensual, but it's going to be consensual. So I'm, I'm working, I'm brainstorming some ideas and hopefully we can come next year and maybe do some fun sort of bully role play event where spanking happens and people feel bullied, but they also enjoy, you know, in a way that feels enjoyable where they don't feel like they're being abused. Um, but the bullies get to feel like they're in charge and blah, blah, blah. It's complicated. I'll work it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll look forward to that next year. That would yeah. be something new for me to try. <laughs> oh, would you be there as a bully or prey or both? I don't know. And I mean, with the topic of what we're talking about tonight, yep. I mean, decisions, decisions. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And part of my plan will be to make it possible to to be either or. So but yeah, uh, you there. Uh, did you. So we talked about you played principal. So you obviously gave spankings. Did you take any spankings while you were there? Uh, on, on this particular at this particular uh, event this year, I I really gave more than I received. Okay. Uh, I, I did. I did get some, but uh, the balance tipped a little bit more toward the dom side. And, and it varies by event. Yep. Uh, and it's and it's fine. So I had a wonderful time, but just kind of leaned dom this year. Yep. And that leads us to the topic of the actual topic of this episode. We just wanted to share hot spanking stories because people like it. So one uh, one interesting detail that has come from hot seat retreat um, as part of the planning process, I had asked jaded to survey attendees as to whether they're top, bottom, or switch. The vast, with no commitment, people could just say they didn't obligate them to identify that way at the event or, or, or keep them from doing whatever they wanted. But one of the big things I discovered is the vast majority were switches. Um, and inter interestingly, looking at the podcast, we have not had an episode at all. We're in episode 48 we really have not had an episode that focused on being a switch. They all, I, we talk about being switch. You know, I talk about being a switch in the podcast. Jaden is a switch. Doug is a switch. So a lot of people who have been on the podcast have been switches, but we don't really talk about the headspace, the, the shifting back and forth, like the, the how you can feel more one way or the other way. You're all these switch things role playing when you're a switch, all those things. So we decided I decided it's time to do an episode of focusing on the experiences of switches. So I thought about you um, because when we first met uh, at a party at Doug's place, you were there. Yes. You were there entirely as a top, and you identified entirely as a top at that party. I did, and uh, you gave up some spanking. So, but now, uh, much like me, because it's funny, I remember that because I had I was about a year into my journey into going from a top to a switch and I was looking to expand my horizons of guys. And, and eventually I got spanked by you, uh, um, that us weekend. That's right. That I fall. Remember that. Um, well. and, and then, uh, the following badass weekend, um, I noticed that you were, um, I didn't see you get spanked, but I saw, I heard conversations <laughs> and I saw, I saw a scene where someone took you by the ear and dragged you back to a hotel room to give you a spanking. And I went, Oh, Steve, <laughs> Steve's getting spanked now too. So, so for the, uh, real dudes spanking real dudes, 
Um, let's just talk about this journey that we have both kind of gone on from becoming DOMs to switches. Absolutely. So how how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's been. Uh, I mean, for me, it's been a journey. Um, I, you know, when I when I first when I first started becoming a part of the spanking community, it was actually me doing a lot of self spanking on my own uh, before I was really meeting with a lot of folks and. When I did that, I really enjoyed both sides, and it was great. I could visualize myself when I was self-spanking as the top. I could visualize myself at the bottom and at the same time, whatever kind of mind meld that was. But when I when I started actually uh, getting out and playing with folks more and going to the events, um, I, I just really gravitated toward the Dom side, and, and I felt very comfortable there. And for me... A lot of what I do, of course, I like playing with implements and I like just one-off spankings for fun. But a lot of what I do is role play. And I really was able to envision myself as the principal or as the dad and taking on that dom role and kind of helping to direct the scene as, as, as the dom often does in, in, in role play scenarios. And that was great. And I enjoyed it. But, you know, even when I completely identified as a dom and I, you know, I, I would wear at, at, again at events, I would wear the dom wristband and that's how I would introduce myself. And that's how my profiles were set up. But even with that, I feel like I was at least a closet switch because there were still times when if the mood struck me and it was the right scenario, I felt like I had to get spanked. I had a craving. And I wanted to satisfy that. I just didn't really admit it uh, or, or advertise that. But, you know, for, for me, the turning point, the turning point really came during COVID. And I, I don't know why, other than that I went 14 months, not that I was counting, without any kind of play. And something in those 14 months just switched, no pun intended, that, that made <laughs> me say, you know, I... I need to own this part of myself and I need to really acknowledge that I do enjoy both sides and really give myself the freedom to not just admit that, but to pursue it more frequently. And so those events in particular and meetups that I had right after the whole 14 month lockdown period, I really went with the flow and I was like, okay, if this is someone who is a dom fine i'll i'll switch with them if this is someone who's uh, a sub fine i'll i'll dom in that role or maybe i'll switch roles halfway through with somebody and it just became freeing and, and i mean that's really the sense that i had it was freeing to be able to say i'm going to open up this door and have so many more opportunities to explore things and it's 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 been wonderful yeah. Yeah. For me, it was funny. The, the, um, I just slowly started realizing that I felt like I was missing something. And then, uh, at, uh, Moonburn, uh, one day, um, uh, I met the bully who, uh, I talked about very early on in the podcast. And there, I'm, I'm not going to go over all of it again. Very early episodes of the podcast, I talk about meeting him. And <laughs> one thing I've discovered though since then, and this does play into the whole, bully play stuff that I love is that I magically turn into a bottom in the presence of um, arm tattoos, like those, those tattoos, particularly <laughs> tattoo sleeves. If someone, if a guy's got their, 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 their arms all tattooed, 
I just I just turn into a bottom around them. It's interesting the triggers that we have for that. I mean, for for me, it's uh, for for me as someone who just brings a really strong dad vibe. I mean, in in like uh, half a second after meeting them, I can feel it, and it's like, okay, yeah, I want to get spanked by you totally. <laughs> and, and it's just that split second recognition. Yeah. No. So for, for me, it's interesting because we've talked about this, and your your the way that you approach switches is maybe a little bit different from mine. And my experience, like. I know I know lots of switches. Like I said, the the majority of people at Hot Seat Retreat were switches, and there are some guys who, and I'm mostly this way. There are a few examples, but most guys um, see most guys who are switches will look at another guy on the scene um, and see them as a top or a bottom. We there's a small for me there's a small group of guys that I like going back and forth with, but most guys are usually either one or the other. I'm not sure if that's the case with you. Well, you know, I, 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 I've been thinking about that and there's a very small number of people that I, I could probably count on one hand or maybe one hand and a couple extra fingers that I actually have played both sides with and everyone else, even though I'm a switch, when I play with them, I'm either playing with them always as a sub or always as a dom. It's a very small number of people who uh, we, who, who we go back and forth. And, and it's an even smaller number of people who I would go back and forth with in the same setting, in the same scene, time period, I mean. And so I don't know, you know, I, I don't know how to, how to exactly uh, process that other than that as a switch, there are certain people who pull my dom strings and certain people who pull my sub strings and just a very small group who pull both. And uh, it's so 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 it's been an interesting uh, experience trying to navigate that and figuring out who's going to fit into what role. Not because I don't want to play both sides. It just kind of evolves that way. And right. so that's more by just how it happens than by any conscious choice. Yeah, I mean, you talked about letting go, and I think that's also one of the things I've discovered for with that craving. Uh, when I get into uh, bottom headspace, and um, I've talked about some of the challenges of doing that, um, bottom headspace is about letting go. Top headspace is about control. Um, I am a control freak, and so being it, it can take work to get into that bottom headspace. And so I am looking for guys that I feel comfortable letting go with. And so, like, the funny thing for me is, like, um, the first few times I'm bottoming for guys is it's like an audition almost. <laughs> like, is this is this someone, you know, who I can see as a dom and I'm, you know, and I can do that whole letting go. And I actually – they're, they're – God, just from Hot Seat Retreat, there are three, three – Four, four, four. Oh, wow, I got, I had a lot of play. Four guys now <laughs> who I can start looking at that way. Yeah, and you know, for for me, the, I mean, it's it's exactly what you said. The the, the headspace is just wildly different. There's not a switch headspace, at least for me. My headspace is going to be either sub or dom, depending on the scenario, and like you, I I, I can be a little bit of a control freak once in a while. And that's what kept me for so long from exploring my subside and, and transitioning into more of a switch role. Because I was, I mean, I'll just flat out say I was afraid to give up some of that control. 
And it, it took a while for me to get comfortable doing that. But yeah, when, when I'm in, when I'm in dom space, I mean, I can be enjoying a scene and it could be the most amazing scene ever, but I'm also thinking, okay, how is my intensity? How is my technique? How is the aim? What am I going to do next? And I mean, really trying to think about how to evolve the scene in a direction that's good for both of us. And, and I love it, but that takes work. And right. not, you know, when I'm on the sub side, you know, not, I, I, I still feel as though I'm in control of the scene in that if something was going in a direction I didn't like, I could do something about it. But it's just so freeing to be able to let someone else guide it along and to just let the endorphins flow and get the rush. And it, it, the, the, the rush that I get is unlike anything I've experienced when I'm in that subspace. It's magical, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what pulls me back. That's what keeps making me say, yes, I want more of this. And okay, I'm a switch. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, nothing makes me like, I, I love when I'm able to give out a really good hard spanking session. I really, I really do, especially with a bottom who can take as much that I want to dish out. Like one that tires me out. Those are the best sessions as a top. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the, there is something very freeing when, you know, and, and liberating. And when you're done with it, you know, when it's over and you say, I took that, like when you're the one, when you wear out your tops, you know, um, <laughs> I love that as well, because it's like, I took that. And for, um, when I'm in my, when I'm in my bottoming headspace, and it's, it's kind of awkward for role play. And it's actually one of the reasons why I don't kind of role play all that well as a bottom. But when I get into my headspace as a bottom, when it gets intense, I growl. And so when that happens, it is for me, when I'm going back and thinking about the scene, I think about if that happened, like, that's like, good, good. That is, you know, my space. I let go. Um, I allow that. That sound is this involuntary reaction to me deciding to tough it out. Um, and that's why I like bully play. It's not like I like being a victim, but it's the idea it's inspired by frat hazing, really, and the idea sure. of the the uh, the pledge, you know, really gritting his teeth and, and proving proving that he's a man, you know. Right. So that's the kind of mindset with that, um, and so it does kind of create awkward scenes where, uh, when I was being double teamed, and they were they were they were verbal, they were being pretty verbal at me, and and um, uh, role playing being bullies, and also being very physical and holding me down, which was awesome. Um, but you know, I wasn't responding like a. Oh no, I'm being bullied. Um, I was I was growling because it was they were they were using paddles and it was pretty intense and I loved it, but I also wasn't acting like a victim. Um, but it was very liberating. It did make me feel I was on a high after that, and then I got a flogging a little later, which was just completely the other thing. And so combining the spanking with the flogging, getting getting all the impact play in two different places, I was just kind of in an endorphin high for the entire of Saturday afternoon before the dinner. Yeah. I, you know, when, for, for me, the, the, the change between the two sides is, is something I can feel physically and, and, and something that I feel emotionally. I, I notice that my voice changes in terms of my, 
my tone and my pitch and, and, and just even how I speak, depending on which side I'm on my physically, I, I can feel very different when I'm melting into that subspace as opposed to when I'm, uh, kind of, you know, rising up into that dom space. And I, I, I love them both, but it, it truly is a different feeling. And, you know, I, I do enjoy role play as a key part of, of my play. And I mean, having those roles kind of, uh, you know, it's conducive to that because, you know, if I'm playing a son, I'm going to conduct myself differently than if I'm playing a dad just by virtue of what those characters bring. But but yeah, the endorphin side, I I remember um, I remember at, at Hot Seat and, and from other events as well, um, you know, we, we have mutual friends who are excellent caners. Right. And there are uh, I, I wouldn't call it a formal event, but it's certainly an informal event where folks just line up and, and, and wait and take their turns with seeing how much they can take with the cane. And I always like that to be the last thing I do on a particular day because the endorphin rush that that gives me, I just stumble home almost like I'm drunk and collapse into bed and just kind of lie there thinking about how wonderful everything in the world is. <laughs> Um, after that experience and, you know, the, the, the best sub in the world couldn't distract me at that point and couldn't get me to be a dom at that particular point in time, because I'm just simmering in that subspace. So, so beautifully with the endorphin rush. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a powerful experience. And, you know, I, I also, you know, related to this, one thing I would observe, at least for, for myself, we were talking about how there are these differences, being a switch has made me better on both sides, I think, because, you know, really being able to own both sides, you can incorporate that, you know, you can, you can incorporate what you've learned as a sub when you're being a dom and vice versa. And I think that's just strengthened my whole approach to, to, to everything, really. Uh, and it's been it's been great for that. Yeah. One of the good things that has come from bottoming more is being able to read your bottom's body when you're giving mm-hmm. a spanking, like when they're, when they're, you can tell when they're relaxed, you know, you just have yes. a better sense because you could feel, because you have that experience yourself of now relaxing when you're getting a spanking. You can feel like whenever, uh, whenever the intensity level ramps up, if it, you know, you can start feeling the tension in their back and shoulders and neck. And yes. I make that mental connection that I do the same thing. Um, and so depending, it's a great way to adjust to the fact that some bottoms are more verbal than others. Like, regard, right. and that's not necessarily a good sense of where they, where their headspace is at, whether you need to ramp things up, whether they're feeling well, whether it's too intense. Cause, cause I know of bottoms who are very, very quiet and have had scenes yep. that were too intense and they didn't say anything at the time. And we didn't find out until afterwards and like, Oh, so part of that, part of all this is kind of just learning now to, you know, I just have a better sense of the physicality of the bottom from making a mental connection between their body's reactions and my body's reactions. Absolutely. And, and that's so important. And, you know, on, on the, on the flip side of that, when I'm, when I'm uh, subbing now, I think about, uh, you know, as a dom, what are the things that, that I like from, from a sub and how, how as a dom do I read my sub? Well, I try to now give that back to whomever is, is my dom in any particular situation. Not that I 
become artificial about anything, but it just uh, it, it shapes some of my decisions and also allows me to be a little bit more free in communicating um, how things are going and what I'm liking and so forth. So, yeah, I, I think that works both ways. Yeah, I've uh, kind of the funny thing is I've started to do it's it feels almost embarrassing to say this because like I'm we're neither of us are neither of us are, are, are well, we are of an age. We are we are of we are of daddy age, which makes you know, which makes the switching great. Um, one of the things I've started to do is uh, if I'm feeling that headspace, I do that thing. I I, I, I do my best to present my ass. You know, mm-hmm. arch my back, arch my back, raise it up to just right. really kind of let the top enjoy it. Um, and, you know, and again, the whole focus on relaxing, one of the great, mm-hmm. th- there are two great things that are two great things that a, that a top gets from that. When you relax and just, uh, let your butt relax, just, just not squeezing it or, or doing anything with just letting it lay there and, and raising up. But number one, of course, they get a good view. Uh, number two, they know that you're comfortable. So when we talk about feedback, the more relaxed you are, the more comfortable, the the more it encourages the dom, the more dom knows that he can continue to play and st- even start ripping up. And he gets to enjoy the sight of your, yeah. your of your butt bouncing. <laughs> that's, oh, absolutely. I am very visual when I when I'm a top. I'm very visual. I love nothing more than seeing a bouncy butt reacting to you know slaps, whether they're paddles or hands or whatever. Seeing that butt just jiggle and all that stuff. The hand print, you know, the, you know, when, when the butt has started to turn red, if they're giving you a hand spanking, you hit them hard and you pull the hand away and there's that white hand print for a moment, you know, before the red right. comes in. So learning that, yeah, I try to turn that around and, and do these things, especially because again, I'm sh- so bad at role play. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> the bottom. And it's, it's, you know, and it's funny I said because you teach you teach kind of improv and role playing, and part right. of part of my realization is as a bottom, um, I have my own particular headspace that exists on its own, and I don't think it's going to change at this age. I could do I can I'm getting I'm getting better at role play as a top, as a bottom, I love it too much to role play, so I'm trying to do those physical signals. You know, because I can't do the, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. The best I was able to do, um, I did get a, a hand spanking, a really nice, and I'm, I'm working on, I think I could do this more with hand spankings, uh, with paddlings, because I love paddlings to get intense. I can't help but the growl takes over. You know, the tough guy takes over, yeah. the tough bottom takes over. But with hand spankings, what I did was I was getting uh, over-the-knee hand spanking in my room. And I was able to do that sort of letting go and write some butt up and get a good view. I was also to kind of um, increase the the timber. So I was doing these these moans, you know, um, rather than doing the growling because they weren't intense enough to get me to that growling spot. Although they did sting and hurt, and I liked it. So, but what I did is I raised the pitch. Ah, ah, ah! And so it was like I was I had been moaning. But by just kind of raising the pitch a little bit, it made it sound like I was less comfortable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And 
and you know, for 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 me, I I'm all about as a, as whether as a top or a bottom, I'm I'm all about two things that that really make a scene great for me. One is um, having some kind of physical contact, like being over the knee. And, you know, I, I, you know, I enjoy using a belt. I enjoy using a strap. I love both of those implements, but they're usually someone lying over a bed. That's fine. But I really like the connection that comes from being over a knee or across a lap. And then the, the vocalizations are really important to me. If, um, if somebody is completely silent, uh, you know, I don't know if they're enjoying it. I right. don't know what they're feeling. And, you know, when I when before I really started to identify in in this role, I when I was mainly a dom, just occasionally getting a spanking here and there, I would be the tough guy. And it's like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be very demonstrative about anything. And if I'm bent over, I'm gonna be kind of reserved and mm. maybe even a little tense about it. Not because I didn't like it, but just because it was like, you know, this is new this is a different different from what I normally do and I'm you know and now it's part of the freeing aspect is that I really can let go. I can I can squirm around when I'm bent over uh, somebody's lap or somebody's knee. I can grab onto their ankle and hold on if it's if it's uh, something that's that I feel like I need to. And 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 that kind of that kind of use of touch also is a good way of communicating what I'm feeling uh, to them. And and I've really just let myself go with vocalizing. I don't mind yelling. I don't. I mean, I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a screamer, but but I don't mind uh, moaning and getting higher pitched as each as as it gets more intense and and uh, you know maybe yelling a little bit as we particularly as it ramps up toward the end and I'm really feeling it. It's like now that just enhances it for me and that just makes it an even better sub experience and I feel free to do that. Yeah. And and so. I, I was able to release myself from from those constrictions that I had imposed on myself. So one of the one of the challenges I faced as I was making this journey into bottomhood was I had to, and actually I still have to do I still have to do it. I I have to approach people as a bottom, and, and sometimes it's gotten a little bit better. I've I've started having guys approach me who want to dom me. But for the first couple of years, even as I started identifying as a switch, I had to approach tops. Bottoms would approach me, uh, but I had to specifically approach tops to let them know that I was interested in them. Um, is that something you've had to experience? Um, I, along the way, yeah. There, there, there have been folks who have not realized that I like this, I, I, that, that, or that I'm that I'm a switch. In fact, I. I remember I was at um, I was at uh, it was at MAL actually and I that was the first time that I got the cane and I was also I also got strapped at the MAL party in uh, in one of the in, in one of the hotel rooms there and you know I, I and, and that was when I was you know teetering on the idea of maybe I'm a switch and I remember after it a friend of mine came up and said well. I turned the corner and I saw someone bent over the bed getting strapped. And I said, is that Steve? That can't be Steve because he doesn't do that. But it was. And I was like, yeah, that was me. All good. But, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes folks don't necessarily know um, know what I, what I like because I think a lot of people in the community probably do know me. I, I think probably know me more as a dom. I, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I don't know. I think so. Um, 
so yeah, having to reach out and, and, and express, Hey, I'm interested in both sides. I mean, I remember, um, one person who's, who's a guy I play with quite frequently when, when we first met, he was like, well, okay. Um, you know, I really want to sub for you. And I said, well, that's great. And I want you to, but I also want to sub for you. He's like, Oh really? Let's talk about that. But yeah, I, there, there, there have been conversations like that where I've had to say, you know, you, you can spank me. It's okay. Yeah. In fact, in fact, just the other day, not less than, uh, uh, I guess about three weeks ago, um, there, there was a gentleman I was playing with and I, I definitely knew and that I was going to top him and very much wanted to, and it was great. But I said, Hey, you, you can spank me if you want. He's like, really? I said, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I think that's interesting. And now here's the other side of that, though, that makes me think there are more of us out there than we may acknowledge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say that there are a number of times where I've reached out to someone who's a dom and I've said, you know, I love your profile. I love what you're all about. I, I'd like to play. And the answer I get back is, well, yeah, I really need a good spanking. I was like, no, no, I'm approaching you because – <laughs> you advertised that you were a dom and and I am looking to be a sub right now. And so I think I think there might be more folks out there than we than we know who, you know, on paper are doms, but but see that they need that sub experience themselves once in a while. But so, so sometimes that's a frustration, not a bad one, because, I mean, you know, whatever folks want, that's great. It's terrific. But, um, yeah, so I've run into that a, a little bit. And the flip side of that, too, is I sometimes hesitate to wear, and now I'm thinking about events more than anything, but I sometimes hesitate to wear the switch wristband because I, the opposite issue is somebody sees that you're a switch and they come up and they want to dom you and like you're really in, in, in your own dom headspace right now. Or mm. they want to sub for you. Well, you're really in your own sub headspace right now. And for me that headspace is fluid and I can alternate in and out of it. But when I'm in one, I may not want to do the other. And so sometimes I think there may be assumptions. Oh, you're a switch. So you're ready to do anything, anything and everything right now. Right. Yeah. Like, well, no, no, let's, you know, like g give me an hour to get back into my other headspace, you know? Yeah. That's why we give out, we let people have multiple armbands. So and actually mm -hmm. a lot of switches do that. I can say that as the guy who hands out the armbands at hot seat retreat, it's usually switch and dom or switch and bottom. Um, they'll get they'll they'll get both of two armbands and they can just which wear whichever one they're feeling in any given moment moment. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about now. Let's let's shift over to role play and fantasies because one of the challenges is that we we don't have a really a lot of in. Uh, a library of fantasies um, of role play that involves switch. There are there are some there are stories like you know um, of, of course the great thing about the bully fantasy, for example, is seeing the bully get spanked. You know, um, a lot of athletic, you know, bro you know stories involving brothers. You know, there are there are stories that involve. A person, you know, a guy giving a spanking and then subsequently getting a spanking. But there, a lot of, but those are, those are, I don't want to say few, but they're definitely a much smaller number. 
a lot of fantasies and a lot of videos are there is a top and there is a bottom or multiple bottoms. Um, right. There, the fantasy life of the Switch is not really presented particularly well in fantasies. And one of the things I had begun to start to experience, why I started kind of going so heavy into this bully stuff is to not just because I enjoy it, but also finding ways to make my switch identity work within the framework of other people's role playing, which has always been a huge challenge for me. So, but you do a lot of role play and yeah. uh, you did, um, you do a class at Badass Weekend on improv and getting into character and teaching people how to, you know, be these people in these scenes. And you right. do you do this age you do a lot of age play stuff. You do stories. Um, you write stories yeah. that involve you know uh, younger you know parental stuff. All the stuff that I don't do, you do. So, <laughs> right. um, talk a little bit about that in your your role play and this fantasy life how does being a switch affect the way that you you think about fantasies and headspace particularly with age play yeah that so there's there's a lot in that question uh because my answer is is at some level it depends on on what we're uh, on what we're talking about for instance yeah i do write a lot well, it's been a while since I've written a story, but but I have a number of stories on MMSA, and uh, almost all of them are traditional uh, dad-son kind of stories. And there's there's some that I've written where the sub's voice is actually the voice telling the story, but usually it's uh, a third-person narrator. And when I'm writing, I try to see both, but I really see myself gravitating more toward the Dom voice in that, uh, even though I, I appreciate both. And, and, you know, the same thing if I'm, if I'm just having my personal fantasy about what's going through my mind at any particular point and I'm just having a daydream, I'm probably doing that from the Dom perspective as well. And, you know, I, I think I think for me what makes the sub side, particularly for age play and role play, what makes it successful for me is the ability to feed off of what the other person is giving me. So if I'm by myself just fantasizing or if I'm writing a story and I don't have that other person uh, kind of feeding me something to react to, a line of dialogue or a look or a gesture or whatever, then I, I find it hard to do that on my own. So a big part for, you know, for me to get into my Dom character or my dad character it's actually pretty easy for me to do that. I, I can slip into that pretty naturally. For me to get into my sub or son character takes a little bit more work on my part. And it needs to be somebody who's really projecting whatever vibe I'm looking for at any point in time. So that's really critical uh, for me. And, I, you know, I have not done, I'm trying to think, I, I don't think I've actually done a scene where within the context of the same scene, I've switched. Uh, now I've, I, within the same session, I've, I've, there are times where I've done multiple scenes, some as sub, some as Dom with the same guy. And that's fine. And, and that works great. But I, I haven't had the experience of 
doing one where I'm, I don't know, a son one minute getting a spanking, but giving it to my younger brother or something the next minute. I've not done one of those. And I'm trying to think what that would feel like, because one challenge that I do notice is moving back and forth. It's um, it's easier for me to move from being a dom role and then, okay, let's switch and do a different scene. Okay, now I'm going to be a sub in this scene. I can make that switch happen pretty easily. But going the other way is really tough for me to be in a scene where I know I'm the less dominant person. And then a few moments later say, okay, I'm a dom now. You know, that's a little bit, that's a little bit tougher for me. Yeah, I think I've had the same experience. Like whenever that has happened, like at Boomburn, it has been from dom, it has been from dom to sub, not mm-hmm. the other way around. Like the, the scene I talked about where the bully came and interrupted me while I was punishing someone else and said, are you, you know, is this, is, is Scott bullying you? And the guy says, yes. And then I get my ass beat for it, which, Totally improvised, super hot, and then and then in Badass Weekend, um, where I bullied someone else, and then was again later. That was hours later or a day later. I was I was punished for being a bully, but yeah, it it went in one direction for me. I'm sure there are switches that you know that it, it could be the opposite, especially for like you know the whole bully play scene. When I did that that scene that we did at Badass Weekend, um my victim didn't really put me over his knee or anything or give me a full punishment. But at the end, uh, when I was doing the scene where I was being, where I was tied up and wedged and, and being spanked, um, he, the bully in that scene, the guy bullying me, let the, uh, um, my, my previous victim give me one swat with a bath brush and they went full force with it. Uh, I certainly, oh it was a very memorable, it was a very memorable swatch. Very hot. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, but you said, yeah, it's challenge. And um, uh, if you're out there, if you're a switch and you, if you're good at, uh, if you're good at making that, that headspace switch back and forth, definitely let us know. Um, there's, and that's also kind of, but that is a fantasy though of the victim getting revenge on the bully uh, by giving the bully a spanking in that scene. Not, of course, that doesn't work too well. It does. It, it kind of maybe does work well with certain types of, you know, brother age play. Sure. And and you know, I th- I think it's really scene specific because as you were describing, um, you know, the, your experience with the bully scene as and being able to switch. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, that's really cool, and I want to do that because <laughs> because to me that 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 feels like a very natural kind of progression that really just continues the same scene, but recognizing that built into that scene are different roles depending on who joins and whether it's a sub or a dom. I mean, that seems to be a transition that's um, kind of exciting and part of the narrative, in fact. Um, I, I find that a little bit harder in domestic scenes, uh, but to go the other extreme, I mean, you know, there, there, there are plenty of things I do that have no role play attached. And when that's the case, it's, it's perfectly seamless. It's like, like I, there's, there's a gentleman who I, who I play with periodically who collects unusual implements. 
Uh-huh. And so uh, one thing that I enjoy is, you know, I'll say, well, okay, here's something I got. Okay, okay, well, yeah, use it on me. I want to see what that feels like. Now I want to use it on you. And I want to be in on the fun too here. And so, I mean, things like that where it's just kind of playful, um, you know, those are those are great. And it's like, okay, I can go back and forth and back and forth however many times because I'm just having fun. And spanking someone is just fun and getting spanked is just fun. And and if there's not a scene that has a structure to follow, I don't really feel many constraints or any really in terms of going back and forth. Okay. I think that kind of wraps up. I think that wraps up our discussion. Uh, anything else you want to add about like the fantasy headspace for switches? It is, you know, as we discussed, it's, it's complicated and it's it's pretty individualized. Um, any any other thoughts? Uh, no, I mean the only thing that that I would say is, you know, if, if if anyone's out there who's you know thinking about going this direction from DOM to to switch, I mean my my experience is I wish. I wish I had done this a long time ago because it's opened <laughs> up. It's opened up so many worlds and uh, so many possibilities that I know I deliberately closed off uh, when I was starting in the scene and even you know midway through my experience uh, in the community. And it's just been wonderful to be able to explore so many different things and have so many new experiences. So I just. Um, I very proudly embrace the Switch label. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yep, me too. Me too. Um, and so thank you very much for being on this episode. Steve, um, if people want to get in touch with you, um, you're still, of course, you know, interviewing people and talking people about your book. Uh, how do people reach you? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, anyone who would like to reach out about uh, about the book, I'm glad to, or just to say hi or follow up with anything from what we've talked about tonight. Love meeting people. Uh, on um, WAPS, I am Paddle Swats. And on Spank This Hookups, I'm A Good Paddling 74. And uh, those are great ways to reach me. And again, I, I love to chat with folks. So that's great. Uh, as for me, I am on most platforms like WAPS, uh, like Scruff, uh, like Recon as Red Spank Scott. I am on Spank This Hookups as Red SPK Scott. I am rarely ever on that site anymore. I encourage anyone out there who's on the site and listening to me, download WAPS, get on WAPS. Yes, Jaden is a friend, but it has really, really become the primary way by which we communicate with each other. I also have a Twitter feed that's uh, dudes spank dudes, all one word. Uh, and so, Steve, once again, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. Yep. And I'll catch everyone next time.